Praise the Lord. I'm so glad we have been invited to walk up this highway. Luke chapter 19, verse 8. Luke chapter 19, verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. If I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Now, when a man goes to tell him about giving back money, this man's got saved. What'd y'all laugh for? And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. Wow. Before the cross? Before the blood was shed? For as much as he also is a son of Abraham. Now listen to verse 10. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to no possibly no perhaps I'm hoping it'll work out the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost let's read again the son of man is come to seek and to save Seek and save that which was. He doesn't put it in present tense, but he puts it in a past tense act. That which was lost. Well, this is going to be good. All of God's word is good. And when God puts light on it, it's really good. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, thank you for your great love and mercy to us tonight. Thank you for these precious, wonderful words of life. I imagine they must have been so overwhelmed when they heard such things. Little did they know the dispensation had broke. The day star had risen and was breaking forth in a new sunrise. How thankful we are, Father, that we're living in a day when the Son of Righteousness has risen with healing in His wings. While the world is in darkness, it is definitely a time of great sorrow and sadness. Yet, to the bride, it is shalom. Good morning. Thank you, Father, for the day star has arisen in our hearts. Speak to us tonight from your word, great Lamb of God. Anoint us. May our hearts be the fallow ground in which the Holy Spirit can quicken the seed word. 
May we have root in ourself, which will join with the foreknowledge of God. May the spoken word tonight, Father, be able to ignite, create that faith in us to meet our needs, we ask. In the name of the Lord Jesus, praise the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. I love this verse 9. And let me ask you this question <clears throat> that I asked you last Wednesday night. Did the early church believe in the sovereignty of God? And how sovereign was he? Was he held captive by man's decree or man's will or even man's stubbornness, or Satan's limited power, or was God so sovereign that he could speak the name of the Lamb before the foundation of the world and write your name underneath the Lamb's name, and it would be so secure that nothing in heaven, earth, or hell could ever alter or is God kind of waiting in heaven till he sees how many is going to come in and then he'll know how many mansions to prepare that's not my God now you know as we look at this man Zacchaeus he's He's one that Brother Branham used, of course, quite frequently in the full gospel businessman, and he used him out whenever he would preach evangelistic type sermons. But there's a great mystery in this man's life, which unfolds part of the commission and the coming of the Lord Jesus. When we look at verse 9, Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. For as much as he also is a son of Abraham. Now he was a Jew already. But he wasn't a son of Abraham already. You see, he was a Jew. But he was not acting like Abraham acted. Because Abraham by vision saw the day of the Lord Jesus and rejoiced. That's what Jesus said. He said, he saw my day and rejoiced. By vision, he saw the day of the Lord Jesus. But now, Zacchaeus is able to be called by the Son of Man, a son of Abraham. Which shows us that the faith of Abraham, which imputes righteousness to a real believer had just now been enacted in Zacchaeus' life. So it was not enacted by him being a Jew, but by him being released by the power of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Notice now in verse 10, the Lord Jesus says, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Most Jewish people believe that pretty much all Jews 
were first-handed given inheritance in the economy of God because they were of the natural seed of Abraham. So whenever the Lord came to the earth, how do you convince and persuade these type of people with this mentality that they are lost? Balai trying to convince a Laodicean church member they're lost. But now the Lord Jesus is going to sow into the hearts of the disciples. They're going to be the founding fathers of this church. It's very important for them to understand what it means to be lost. What it means to be found. What it means to be saved. What it means to be in the need of a Savior. Now, they were looking for the Messiah to come. You believe that? Deuteronomy 18, 15, Micah 4, 2, Zechariah 6, 12, Zechariah 12, 1 to 7. All these scriptures we've been looking at at the millennium. They knew these scriptures. If God would have sent a messianic king in the first century, it would have proven that the children of Israel were of royal descent and had a royal walk with God ready to receive a king. But instead, God gave them a savior. Which means what? Simply put, they're lost. If you need a king, God will give you a king. If you need a savior, God will give you a savior. So if God gives you a savior, you might as well just face the facts. You're not royal yet. God don't make mistakes dispensationally. He's always Correct. Now, sometimes we may come to the house of God and we think we're royal and we're fit and fair for this and that and the other and the Lord burns our hide up one side and down the other and we get plumb mad at the preacher and about half mad at God. And we're trying to figure out what in the world was Brother Darrell thinking? What was Brother Donnie, Brother Terry, whoever it was that was preaching? Boy, he missed God a million miles. Are you sure? Are you sure it might not have been you? You thought you needed a king, but you needed a paddling. I've been there many times, haven't you? Well, I thought, oh, praise God. I'm ready to have lunch with seraphims, ready to have tea with zoons. And God said, no, you ain't. Bend over my knee, boy. Here it comes. Well, you know, if you're a real son or daughter of God, you learn to be able to take it that way. But for the most part, we know that Israel never did accept that. And that's why they're in the state that they are today. Now, notice when the angel of the Lord comes to Joseph and he tells him in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21 in the dream, she shall bring forth a son. He's going to put Mary away privately. The angel of the Lord said, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, that which conceived is her of the of the Holy Ghost and verse 21 she shall bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins not from the Romans 
Now wait a minute. They're looking for a Messiah. They're looking for a Yeshua. They're looking for a Ben David. They are looking for a deliverer. But he will deliver them from the Romans. But the angel said, no, no, they don't need deliverance from the Romans. They need deliverance from their sins. Praise the Lord. Now remember, this is important so that those guys that are going to come out from under the teachings of this rabbi, that they will understand how to preach salvation. Many preachers should go back and learn it. Now, what's this? The name of Jesus is the same as the word Savior. It is derived from the verb, which means to save. In the Hebrew, it is the same as Joshua. Now, he said, thou shalt call his name Savior, Yeshua, for he shall save. Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall Jesus his people from their sins. So he has the same name as his work. Or his work is him, or he is his work. Or his name is his work. So don't you understand why that he must move you a little bit higher after the opening of the seals and say, I no longer just call you church, but I call you who? Bride. So you are walking into the very title that you have been identified. So you're not just no longer saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, but in position you are bride. So he shall be called Yahshua or Joshua or Savior and he shall, Yahshua or Jesus, New Testament Greek, he shall save his people from their sins. So why in the world is God sending a, a Savior for a people that is looking for a king? Now, people are looking for the rapture, and they are looking for the Lord Jesus to be able to appear in the sky. Everybody will see him, but we know it will not happen that way at all. The visible appearing of the Son of Man, the sign in the cloud, has already taken place. That's right. Now, notice then, so he saves people by dying for them. First of all, you will agree with that, right? So he said he will save his people from their sins. So he saves men by having died for them to redeem them. Then he gives them his spirit to be able to sustain them. He also renews them in the power of restoration or rejuvenation. And then he indwells inside of them and empowers them and gives them the ability to overcome the world that they live in. He also enables them to be able to stand in the evil day that they live. He enables them to hear and have the inward ability of the inward teacher to hear what he has to say. In every church age it was said the same thing. He that has an ear let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. So Jesus saving us is more than him saving us from our sins and forgiving us he saved you when he started on the bride the saving of you goes all the way to the body change 
It don't just stop after you got saved. He saved you today. He saved you yesterday from an evil. He saved you from discouragement. He will save you tomorrow, maybe from something else. But he'll keep right on saving, delivering, renewing, empowering, giving you exactly what you need. And if you go by the way of the grave, praise be to God. Let me blast the trumpet and tell you, he will save the memory of your mortal body in his mind. And the atoms will regather together again in the resurrection. That image has been been saved by divine hard drive and this hard drive don't never crash he don't need a backup praise be to God notice this now he defends them he sustains them he guides them he leads them he saves them he empowers them he fills them well, I wish somebody preached to me tonight this is what our savior done why would not anybody want such a savior they're crazy I can tell you that right now so a person that actually turns all of this down they're really friend most people would never believe it but they're not in the right mind and we're living in an insane world. We know that. Now, according then to what his very commission was, uh, listen what he said. He sh- she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save. Oh, come on now. Angel, you, you don't believe in Calvinism, do you? This was pre-Calvin. He shall save his people. Who is this? Those whom the Father had given him. Now this, remember, these apostles are hearing these words. Here's Peter, here's John, here's Mark, here's Matthew, here are all these different brothers, and they're standing there as the Lord Jesus is in, in saying these words to Zacchaeus, and also as we go here to Luke 15 shortly, and they are hearing him expound on the meaning of lost and found and sheep and mine and all that was mine and thou lovest them as thou lovest me from before the foundation of the world all this is going to instill in these early church fathers the very truth of salvation now notice he shall save his people I love this last phrase he shall save his people from their sins now the modern Laodicean Christian is not saved from their sin but the way they look at it and project it is they are saved in their sins so they're still sinners as they say saved by grace So in other words, they're still sinning, but that's what the blood is for. So they can sin and do wrong and still sin and they go back to God. God, I'm sorry. Okay, I forgive you. Don't worry about it. Do the same thing tomorrow and just come back to me tomorrow. Well, I go out, I drink, I lie, I smoke, I do whatever. I come back the other day. God, I'm sorry. I sinned again today. That's okay, buddy. It ain't no problem. That's what the blood's for. I mean, that's why I died on the cross. So I'd be able to forgive you every day over and over and over again. You lusted after somebody else's wife. You've, You've stole. You've cheated. That's okay. I understand you can't help yourself you're born this way so whenever I saved you I saved you in your sin I left you in your sin I'm not sure where you heard that trash but that's what that is trash he does not save his people in their sin and leave them in their sins he saves them from their sins this is what Israel needed salvation from this is what we needed 
needed salvation. Our salvation was not, oh, if I could get free from Laodicea. All you need to get done is free from your sin and Laodicea is only a minor problem. Boy, we could burn down all the alcohol places and if we could just torch all the cigarette factories and we could gather all the dope together. Let's gather all the marijuana and all the poppy plants and we'd get rid of all that. Get the Holy Ghost and you could live in a field of marijuana. They could have poppies all around you. You're poppy here and poppy there and poppy somewhere else. But you get filled with the Holy Ghost, poppy ain't going to bother you. Oh, you say, I've got an opioid crisis. Get the Holy Ghost. It's good for an opioid crisis. My, my. So he's going to save them from their sins and loose them from the guilt of their sins. And the very desire because the old man is absolutely dead. Now remember the new birth was not preached in the Old Testament. How man was actually lost is not set forth in the Old Testament. To look at the soul as far as what the soul would be able to be declared in the Old Testament. To try to find a concept of what did man actually lose. Well it's very very vague. And when you look at Abraham, God calling a man like him, separating him from the rest of the world, giving him the covenant promise, and then God calling his seed. Well by the time they come to the time of the Lord Jesus, they thought they were the seed of Abraham. They're automatically say if you're born a seed of Abraham they no hope for you Gentiles of course but if you're a seed of Abraham you're absolutely saved you're ready to meet God you're right there you're a covenant people but yet they're the very ones who cause Jesus the most problem those prophet following so called message people hmm. oh hallelujah thank you Jesus so the, the display of the Savior on the earth must show they need saving. I'll tell you one thing, whenever I hear a man of God come to Happy Valley or some other message church and he goes to preaching on sanctification or people needing the Holy Ghost or somebody needing to be saved, I don't know what you think. I don't think God's having that man to preach it down the road, up the road, across the river, over on the side of the pond. I figure that God's got somebody here, either that or streaming, that needs to hear that service. No matter how deep we think we are, oh, we're beyond this or that or the other, we should never be beyond the leading of the Holy Ghost. Now, I want you to notice that Jesus specifically places salvation on the basis of the sovereign king himself. The son of man is come to seek and save that which was lost. He does not set it forth that it is the lost seeking him. Now, remember, these are the words of your Lord. You want to argue about it? Go ahead. I choose not to. Now watch, it was not Zacchaeus that was actually seeking spiritually the Lord Jesus. Notice Luke 19.3. And he sought to see Jesus who he was. So now he's heard about him. And of course, Brother Bram dramatized him and said he runs down there, a short guy. He reaches down and grabs a hold of the garbage can and he comes over through there and there's Lewinsky. And he owns a restaurant too, like Zacchaeus does. So he comes down and there's Lewinsky and he, he, he's got the garbage can. Oh, look at there, Zacchaeus. Oh my, you've gone to work for the city now, have you? You're, you're on the garbage route. But yet there was something there. But he did not come, oh, I need to be saved. I need to be saved. He heard about 
Lord Jesus and he simply come to look at him. Boy, some of y'all come to church for the same reason one day, didn't you? Some of y'all heard there was an absolute nut up here at Happy Valley. And you said, I'm going up there to see. I, I, they tell me there's an absolute idiot that's moved up there from Kentucky somewhere and down here invaded Tennessee. Lord, have mercy. I'm going. And God said, come on, bring your garbage can and come on. And you shimmy up that tree and what does God do? God shimmies up there beside you and brings you down. Amen. Little did Zacchaeus know climbing up the sycamore was the entrance to the gate of heaven. He sought to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press because he was a little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to fast and pray and read the word and grab a hold of the horns of the altar and beg God. To see him. That's what he's there for. He's not asking for salvation. He's not asking for help. He's there just to see what Jesus has got on. See what he looks like. He's a radical sort of a guy. He wants to just go see. That's all it takes for some folks. <laughs> for he was to pass that way. So Zacchaeus had not sought Jesus. But Jesus sought and found Zacchaeus. Oh, blessed be the Lord. Now, what you notice when Jesus says this, now he said, now, now me and Zacchaeus, you know, we was partners in this thing, and, and I saw Zacchaeus, and Zacchaeus saw me, and I, I've come down here, and me and Zacchaeus, come over here, Zacchaeus. Boy, I tell you one thing, well, ain't we something in this plan of salvation? He said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. But you see, so many like to think it's something that they done. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. I've done this and that and the other. And let me just share something with you. Invaluable proof of the resurrection. The prophet said, you never sought God. Though you thought you did. What is it about us? That we think that. Some of you still sitting here after years of hearing me preach this. You still think you did. You still think you done something. But the Bible claims that you didn't. No man seeks God. His nature from the Garden of Eden proves that he's a coward and runs when he sins. It wasn't Adam calling God. It was God calling Adam. That's right. Notice in the Easter seal. Then when the Holy Spirit come and you're on earth walking around here as a sinner. But way down in your life, there is something. You don't know what's taking place. But you're hungry. 
I heard the Presbyterian brother. I heard the Baptist talking back there. He was a free will Baptist preaching where he can, my fellow brother. That you, there's something in you. Something you never put in there. It's something you couldn't desire to be in there. It's something that's contrary to your own nature. It's the foreknowledge of God taking place. So Zacchaeus just thinks, I'm going to go see him. Remember, Rebecca had been praying for Zacchaeus, so Rebecca, keep on praying for your sycamores climbing Zacchaeus. Remember, he went out to get a breath of fresh air, but he put on his little coat. I heard he's going over to Lubinsky's to eat lunch. I've got a much better restaurant than he does. Why would he go down to Lubinsky? He's my competitor. I'm going to go see what kind of man this is. You imagine the Lord Jesus, here he comes, and those sycamores in, in Israel are a lot like ours. Big old leaves on them. He got up in there like a squirrel up in a tree. Pulled all them big old leaves around him, got right there, and Jesus walked around and looked up and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. He had come calling a sheep by name. Praise be to God. The Son of Man is come, is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now be careful, Peter, how you hear this. Be careful, John, how you hear this, that you don't get off balance now and then think that it's, it's him doing everything, John. So how would you preach salvation if you'd been there hearing this? <laughs> well, I know how I'd preach it. Same way I do now. Now, let us, let us move to Luke chapter 15. Three great parables in Luke 15 that deal with the topic of being lost. But does lost mean what people think lost means? And being found, does that mean what people think being found really is? So let's watch the great rabbi himself. You'll take his words, right? Okay, good. What man of you having a hundred sheep If he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it. Now remember the shepherd was responsible for every sheep. And if one, two, five, ten, fifty, whatever come up missing, he was responsible to pay for them unless he could prove a predator had killed them. How is it that Jesus sets forth that this person, soul, individual, is a sheep when he later calls it a sinner? 
not a backslider. Now these are not parables of backsliders. A backslider isn't lost in the sense of the same stage as the sinner. The lost sheep has no sense of direction. Now he keeps eating because the grass tastes sweet. The water, he smells the water. And they have the ability of the fragrance of grass. Oh my, they just eat and eat and eat. And they're not really trying to get lost. They're not trying to stray away. But once they get out and raise up their head and look around, they don't know where they are. Now, a homing pigeon, turn him loose miles and miles and miles away. He can find his way back home. Many dogs have been proven to found their way back home for hundreds of miles. A goat also has a sense of direction, but not a sheep. Now once a sheep gets out, it has no way of knowing where it's at. It does not have a built-in GPS. It does not have the memory retracting to where it thought, I passed that tree, didn't I? When that on my left, when that hill on my right, it's just totally, completely lost. Now remember, this is the rabbi of the new church. And what's he teaching? How he's going to send out his apostles out to be able to retrieve and bring folks back. So it's very important that they understand the concept of lost and found. And this is the man in charge of the lost and found department. Now watch. Oh my. The carrier pigeon can go back. Other animals can go back. Horses can do the same thing. I mean, if you just have had horses and dealt with them long enough, you find out that old boy buck you off, he'll be back to the barn before you ever think about getting there. Because they have the ability. But God never gave a sheep that ability. Now let me say it to you this way. When a sheep does backslide and get away from the presence of God, they are totally lost again in the sense of trying to figure out what do I do? How do I get back? What? And, but the problem of it is, many of them will not listen to someone who is not lost on how to get them back. So they just keep chasing their tail out in the pasture somewhere. Well, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. You won't. You do not have the ability to figure your own way back to God. It's just not in sheep. That's why you have to have a shepherd. Now, like the sheep, notice this, to be, what does it mean now to be lost? So the sheep, once it got away from the foal, the sheep did not go out 50 feet from the perimeter of the boundary, and all of a sudden the sheep went, boom, and turned into a goat. So now he's got this long thing, you know, like a billy goat. Got a couple of horns up here. His hair grows out real long. And all of a sudden, he's a Nubian. He's a goat. That's not lost. So he didn't turn into a pig. He was still a sheep, but a lost sheep. 
Now, the problem is he's lost his absolute. Oh, my Lord. He no longer has the voice to follow. So he don't know, is this right, is this wrong? I want to go this way. No, 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 I don't want to go that way. Why would I go that way? I'm not sure why I went that way. I want to go this way. No, I don't want to go that way. I'm going to try this way. So he's looking, he's searching, he's trying to find something, and the sheep is lost. And the second parable that we'll look at, it is the coin that was lost. And the third parable, it will be the prodigal son that was lost. But all three of them set forth a little bit of a variance on the understanding of lost and found. So the sheep is now lost. You hear it blading. And it goes this way. And it goes this way. And it just keeps on and on and on and on. And most of the time goes farther and farther and farther away. Lord God. Like the coin which has become lost or out of circulation. The image and the superscription of the king is still on the coin. But the coin is out of circulation. You can't buy, you can't sell, you can't barter, you can't trade. It's out of circulation. It's just as much a coin laying in the dirt as it was on the headband. The son, he's lost. But he never become a pig. He was a son. Glory be to God. Now let us look now at the apostles as they are hearing these words of the master teacher. He's going to imprint upon them by the West how to bring this new message and the gospel means the good news. How are they going to preach the good news? Are they going to say it's just for anybody and everybody? Or it's only for a certain group of people? Or it's a mixture? There's two or three classes there. How are they going to preach when Jesus is going to tell them, go out there and tell people they're lost? Well, God, what does loss mean? The Old Testament doesn't tell us that. The Old Testament doesn't tell us we're lost. What do you mean we're lost? Tell them I've come to find them. Find what? What do you mean find, Lord? Help us. Praise be to God. The younger son did not become a pig or a goat or a serpent seed. He was lost out of fellowship with his father. Can I go on? In their unregenerate state, listen now, goats have a sense of direction. Now it's amazing when you look at a lot of the goats out here in the age that we're living in. They're not unsettled. Many of 
of them are not really searching. They're not jumping from church to church to church and, you know, getting a religious feeling and going here and there. They're, uh, they're lost. They're going to hell. They pretty well, if they believe there is a hell, they're satisfied. They've got a built-in GPS. It's aimed right toward the gates of, you know, hell. They can hear a hellfire and brimstone preacher. It don't shake them none. They can hear about miracles, whatever more. It don't shake them none. You know people like that. You might as well say, man, they are a goat. And they have that sense of direction. It's almost like it's built in them. And they're not shaken by signs. They're not shaken by earthquakes. They're not shaken by any of the signs of the times that you and I are. And it's like it's built in them. Let somebody went, oh, get away from me. I don't want to do that old religious stuff. I know too many hypocrites. Blah, 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 blah. On and on and they go. And it's like they have this stability. But now you watch a sheep. A sheep's looking and a sheep's searching and a sheep trying to find peace. Even one that's backslid. Even one, when you look, some of those who backslid away from our church and backslid away from the message. Why, they ought to be the happiest people in all the world, but are they? Well, why not? They should be. They left Father's house for the hog trough. They all enjoy eating slop. Well, you would if you saw but since you're a wandering, roaming sheep, you try this, and then you, well, that's the wrong brand of cigarette. I should have tried Pale Mail instead of Winston's. That was the problem. And I'll tell you what, a pack ain't doing it today, so I'll, I'll jump up to two a day. I'll know it. I'll find, I'll find satisfaction. I know it will. Well, you understand who that is. That's the devil. And he keeps trying to tell them, well, try this, and you haven't done that, and you haven't done that. And he wants to get them so absorbed, but they have no polarity, no vortex to be able to satisfy them. While the goat said, well, you ought to try this. It does this and this for me. And the goat can be just as happy smoking his cigarettes and whatever more as he can be. He's so happy. He's unmoved by whatever's around. Him, and that poor little old backslid sheep out there wandering around looking, trying to find happiness here, satisfaction there. Glory to God. Oh, I'm so glad a sheep can't be satisfied in the hell holes of the world. They will come back if they're a sheep of God. They have to. Now, the sheep comes away from the flock, he loses himself. He is lost from fellowship. He is lost from the guidance of the shepherd. He's lost his absolute. The goat, on the other hand, is eternally lost. The sheep has entered into a state of temporary separation. The goat is eternal separated. Praise God. Now listen, friends. We were lost in Adam, but not lost in Christ. <laughs> Can't you see why God must place security in a place where it cannot be lost? If he would have placed our security in Adam alone, would be everyone ruined. Hey, Lord, you didn't get it. If God would have placed our security in Adam alone, there'd been no hope for us. But thank God, God placed our security in Christ before Adam was ever given our name in the natural book of life. You could even be lost to yourself, but it don't mean you're not retrievable. Praise be to God. 
The goat is basically irretrievable. The goat is entered into that spot. Eternal separation never was a part of God. Never will be. Notice how Jesus emphasizes this now about the sheep. He says, does not he leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? Okay, now, what I'm wondering about this is now, what's the sheep doing? So what's the sheep doing? The sheep is fasting, praying, reading his Bible. The sheep is doing. Now remember, this is not, we're not talking about a backside. We're talking about a sheep. It was lost before the foundation of the world. Born in this lost state. You knew nothing about God. You wasn't hunting for God. You wasn't searching for God. As a matter of fact, it's against your nature to even do so. And God knows that. So notice the verbs that Jesus places about himself. That he will leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he gives up. And he gets away and says, I ain't going to go back. No, I'm absolutely tired, sick and tired of fooling. Yes. Now remember, Peter, how are you going to preach this to the public? Who are we going to tell this to? You can tell it to me. I said you can tell it to me. So he goes after that which is lost until he find it. Now notice Jesus himself speaking. Not after all mankind. Do you understand there are people that are given hundreds of opportunities to renew, refresh, get straightened out in the presence of God. Some are given one chance in their lifetime. How many chances has God given you, Jim Babb? Donnie Reagan, Darrell Ward, Terry Horn. Good sign you're a sheep, my brother. Why? He will do it until our patience runs out with people our patience runs out with one another oh my perseverance runs out with one another but this is how long Jesus will do it until he finds it amen and whatever he's got to do to bring it in he'll bring her in glory to God Notice this, oh my, not after all mankind, though they are all lost, but not lost in the same way. Well, say, Brother Donnie, pray for me, I lost my car keys. Well, I'm going to pray for you. I will, honestly, I'll pray for you. But not as fervent as I would if I'd lost mine. Oh, come on, don't sit there and judge me like that. You do the same thing. Brother, Brother Donnie, I lost my wallet. Lord Jesus, help Brother Jim Babb find his wallet. But if Carol says, you've lost your wallet. Oh, God, have mercy. My driver's license, my credit card, and my insurance card. Oh, no, Carol, where have we been? Where have we been to eat? You know, you're going to retrace them. Why? That's my wallet. What's in your wallet? It's who you are. It's your ID. And because it's yours. It has more suffering and more pain. And Jesus said, that's my sheep. That's my sheep. I cannot stand. 
Praise God. Can you imagine? He left heaven for their sake. He suffered the brutality of man, the vengeance of God, the separation of deity in the great realms as far beyond what our mind can even comprehend to come down to this earth and laid aside his splendor and his glory. What? He come down to go after those sheep. Let me tell you and let me tell every devil in hell, when the rapture comes, there won't be one sheep left on this earth. Amen. I know you and I can't make them sheep and he knows who knows who is and who ain't. And I ain't going to worry about all that sort of thing. Let God do the separating. Come on, church. But as long as there's one sheep in this world, whether it's wearing a Japanese skin or a Chinese skin or a black African or whatever more, he will send preachers out. They will preach, my, my. They'll go out. Why? Because Jesus said, I must have my sheep. I will not call the rapture till every member of my bride is gathered in my flock. This, disciples, listen to me, disciples. Peter, James, John, listen to me. This is the way I want you to preach my gospel. Verse 5. So the shepherd goes out, he leaves the 99 with under-shepherds. He's not saying the 99 have no value, but he's leaving them in the care of under-shepherds, and he goes himself and finds the lost sheep. And when he has found it. Now tell me how you read free will Baptist doctrine into that. When he hath found it, he lays it on his shoulders. And what's he doing on the way back home? You imagine the Lord Jesus rejoicing? The Lord Jesus patting his feet, clapping his hands, dancing as would say, whatever more, rejoicing. And the Lord Jesus would rejoice. He don't rejoice because you get a raise at work. He don't rejoice because the Republicans won or the Democrats won or whatever more. He rejoices when he finds a sheep. Amen. He rejoices when he finds a sheep and he lays that sheep right up on his shoulder. It wasn't the sheep that found him. If the sheep did not got so his throat was so sore, he couldn't blink no more. He was so down and so weary, he couldn't call out no more. But the shepherd kept looking and he kept looking and he kept looking until he found him. And when he found him, he didn't kick him and say, I'll tell you one thing, you caused me so much trouble. I'm selling you. Oh no. That he reached down and picked it up and laid it on his shoulders. Hallelujah. I found my wallet. Hallelujah. I found my sheep. I found my coin. I found my son. And when he comes home, He called us together, his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found 
my my goat my pig my sheep which was lost oh but brother Don now you're missing the point oh no 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 this is applied to a backslider um Verse 7 blows holes in your theology. And I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner. Not a backslider, Brother Darrell. A sinner. And Jesus likens a sheep to being a sinner. What is it, Harry? Foreknowledge. When a person backslides, God tells him over and over and over what they got to do. Repent. Return. Come back. You know what many backsliders do? They continue on in their sin because they're waiting on God to do for them what he done for them initially. You're in a different stage now, boy. You're a backslider, girl. God told you to come back. Repent. Return. Do the first works over. This is not a backslider. This is a sinner. They had no way to come to God. Didn't even know how to come to God. Oh, Brother Donnie, why don't you go out and, and, and do this and that and the other to bring people back? Man, these people that's left this church, they know what to do. Right. Well, nobody's called me. Nobody's done this and that and other. Let me tell you something. If you want to get right with God, if I never called you, the deacons never called you, nobody else ever called you, if you want to go to heaven, you'll say, I'm going. I don't care what they do. I want to get right with God. This world is about to fall in. I don't want to fall in with it. I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over 90 and nine just persons which need no repentance. So Jesus compares a sheep to a sinner. (laughs) Boy, it's getting warm in here, ain't it? Now, do most of our evangelicals preach lost and found this way? Do many of our message preachers preach lost and found this way? Why? They've intertwined it with denominational church church ages. Well, go ahead, Brother Donnie. Now watch the second parable, Luke 15, 8. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose a piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently Till she find it. Wow. So she's the one who lights the candle. She's the one who sweeps the house. Now remember, this is not a backslidden coin. This is a lost coin. A backslider knows what to do. A sinner can't find his way back to God. It's against his nature. 
The renewing of a backslider is almost something that's interbred in the spiritual DNA. The way back is constantly in you. If it ain't, you'll never make it very far, I can tell you that. Because you'll repent every day. Except for you angels that are here among us, dressed up like saints, and for you, we're glad to have you here tonight. <clears throat> I didn't think angels would be old and ugly like some of y'all look, but anyway. <laughs> now, the necklace of ten coins was actually a headband, as we were taught, that they would wear around their head. It was a sign that she was a married woman. So to lose one of these coins was a sign that she'd been unfaithful or untrue to her husband. Now, like the coin, the elect bear the image and the superscription of the king that was given to them from the mint. Now, whether this was, you know, no matter what era it was in, it was actually a drachma, which was a, a Greek coin, and then changed over to Rome, but it was a drachma of silver. Now, this drachma would have been about a day's wage in this time frame. So whenever the Lord Jesus told this to these people, boy, their ears perked up because you're talking about losing a day's wage. So to them, whenever they would have heard that in their mind, now you and I would have said, well, a $100 bill or a nickel or a penny, and the image of what was on that penny or that $100 bill, we know what's on that because we handled it so much. Now, notice, so this falls out of Eve's headband, I mean, uh, the woman's headband. So the woman lost this out of her headband having to deal with the virtue of her husband. Glory be to God. And the coin is now lost. But lost how? What does lost mean? So it erases all former identity. So if we find the coin, then it's no longer a drachma. It's no longer silver. And all of a sudden, the image of the king has changed, and it looks like a dirt bag. It just looks like a, a, a dirt dauber's nest. Let's, let's make it a dirt dauber's nest. So now because it's lost, it looks like a pig or a, or a goat or something like that? No. Still has the image of a king. It was stamped in the predestinated mint of God before the foundation of the world. But it's out of circulation. It's out of its position. It's causing her to be very nervous. It fell because of her negligence. So when Eve lost it, and another Eve's going to bring it back. The virtue of her womanhood and her motherhood and to her husband is going to be restored back by who? Another woman. The second Eve. So she gets a candle and she lights and she sleeps and oh my, she looks and she looks and she looks. It's not the coin saying, hey, I'm over here. Hey, I'm over there. Hey, help me, please help me. The coin is in the state where it cannot help itself. Children, when are we ever going to get this? When we are born into this world, you cannot help yourself. You cannot. You're like a coin with no mouth. You're like a sheep with no sense of direction. You cannot. If God had not supernaturally done something to you, you would not be here tonight. 
So the coin is lost. It's out of circulation. The longer it is lost, the longer the image becomes defaced. The more the grit and the grime of everyday sin and unbelief. Notice whenever it says this, that she lost this coin and the feet wearing on top of it, rubbing against the sand and against the coin. Oh, you, you've seen people as well as I. The farther they go, the far out in sin they go, the worse they become. They lose even, oh my goodness, morality and honesty and integrity. Things as they go on because the image, oh my, is becoming so worn. But it's still there. Praise be to God. Amen. It's trampled. It's tread upon. It's mocked upon. But it's still in the image. Notice. And when she has found it, she calleth her friends and her neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I had lost. So the coin didn't find itself. The sheep didn't find itself. And the prodigal son didn't find himself. He come to himself, but he didn't find himself. And he couldn't come to himself without a supernatural intervention. Praise be to God. Rejoice with me. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one, not backslider. This is the way the Lord Jesus taught the gospel. Praise God. So you mean the coin was a sinner? It wasn't like somebody that come to Happy Valley and then they got cold on God and different got out in the world. Mind I got lost here. There's traits about that you can apply to them, but that's not what Jesus said. He said they're a sinner. Can I have a little more time? Third parable. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. You imagine what this is saying? Saying as if, Father, I wish you were dead. And he divided unto them his living. Now what we see displayed here on this son is one of the most devastating things that human beings fight. Self-will. Wanting what we want above the will of God. Now all of us were born like this because of what Adam did. And the saints said, the son actually despises his father's role of authority in his life because his father is telling him things 
You go here, you go there, you come here, and you'll be in before 10 o'clock tonight. Now, I don't want you going over there. I don't want you going somewhere else. And the sun, which is man's fallen nature, of course, the sun is now wanting to be on his own, as we would say. And he's wanting this lie of a dream, which many people fall for, and that is to be his so-called own master. Well, let me just tell you right now, there is no such a thing. If you stop serving God tonight, all you done was switch masters. And when you become a Christian, you done the exact same thing in reverse. You switch masters. You're here as a slave and you're going to serve somebody all your whole life. That's exactly right. But yet the son desires. Now, how, how could you say that, Brother Donnie? Well, I see the traits of his life and what he does afterwards. And it lets me know what was in the young boy's heart. So he's tired of being told that you can't do this. That's not right. That ain't right. I'll tell you one thing. You'll go to hell if you do that. I'm sick of hearing all that stuff. I want to do what I want to do. I want to see for myself if this is right or wrong. After all, mama's told me and daddy's told me and the preacher. But look at most of them preachers. They're old men. Well, let me tell you something, little snickle fritz. I might be an old man now. But I gave my heart to Jesus Christ when I was 12 years old and started preaching when I was 18. And I'm 62. Carol, two. Boy, Brother Donnie, you missed out on so much stuff. Yeah, and I'm so glad I did too. I don't have no regrets of giving my heart to Jesus Christ. I've dealt with those who chose the other way. I've seen the price that sin exacts on their life. My goodness, I even look decades older than we do. Some of the same people you went to school with and everything else and you look at their life and you can see that sin exacts a great price. The desire to escape control. I want to be free. I'm sick of this. Go here, go that, come here. All I do is please other people. I want to be my own master. I want my own money. That's why young people have to be careful when they get to that age they want their own apartment. I'm not saying it's always a bad idea, but you just like to look at the young person and see how close they are to God, see whether they really can handle one or not. Well, preach, Brother Donnie. What's he want? He wants pleasure in the place of duty. When he's at daddy's house, he's got to pick up his clothes. And if he drinks a glass of water, daddy wants him to pick the empty glass up off the sink and take it back to the kitchen and place it there. Instead of taking a shower and leaving his towel right there at the tub and his mama picking up his filthy underwear. If he wants to leave it there, well, bless God, he can do it. Because he wants to be free. You mean you want to live like a hog? Let me tell you something, sis. You need to ask that boy you're interested in how he does stuff like that at home. That'll give you a pretty good idea if you're going to be living with a man or an animal. Well, praise the Lord. 
You men that don't see an understanding of helping your wife get through with her duties and you're done with yours, you need a revelation. Lord have mercy, Brother Donnie. Don't tell me you do that. I sure do. I clean bathrooms. I vacuum. I mop. I change light bulbs. I take the garbage out and bring the empty garbage can back in. Lord have mercy, Brother Donnie. I thought you was a man. I am one who loves his wife. Brother Collins told me the first time he saw Brother Branham, he walked into Brother Branham's house and there stood Brother Branham in the kitchen at the sink with an apron on helping Sister Meaty wash dishes. Your first introduction to Elijah the prophet. With dishpan hands. Well, hallelujah. I figured some of you sisters would at least squall amen on that. Oh my. I'm sick of this. Defiance. I hate prohibition. Gotta be in at 10 o'clock. Gotta do this. Gotta get up at a certain time. Gotta go. Can't go here. Gotta go to church. Well, I'll tell you, if you ever get saved right and filled with the Holy Ghost, that got to go to church thing, you'll still have to go. But this time it'll be a drive inside of you that will be more, more important to you than your necessary food. You still got to go to church. You give your heart to the devil and you see what he'll have to do. You'll have to go to the bar. You'll have to go here. You'll have, you're going to have to obey somebody. Whoo. My. So much happiness, fulfillment in life. No telling what I could be. We're fixing to find out. You see, there's nothing any baser in humanity than when man is given to self-indulgence of his unregenerate will. Animals will not behave the way lost human beings will. That's right. That's true. I mentioned it to you a few weeks ago. Mothers give birth in Target or in a Walmart parking lot or Kmart, whatever, and they find them babies dumped in the garbage cans. You find a deer doing that. You find a bear that'll do that. You find a, a, a female animal, a hog, a hog. You get in that pen with that hog, she'll eat you up. You go to take one of her babies. Well, come on, saints. But we're living in that age. And out of this age, God will call sons. Out of this age, God will call daughters. Can't you see what a miracle it is? We're born with this hanging over us. We're born not only with this nature, but we're born with the great anointing, the greatest anointing of self-indulgence and self-satisfaction the world has ever known. And out of this age, God is getting sons and daughters that will deny themselves and take up their cross and follow him. Listen. To be continued.
Praise be to God. Oh, man. So what you do, step by step, he overrides the voice of conscience, the voice of truth. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's not right. Don't do it. First cigarette you ever smoked. First lie you told. First thing you done wrong. You felt awful. You weren't even a Christian. But the next one was easier and easier and easier. Till before long, you could smoke, you could lie, you could cheat, you could steal. Didn't even bother you at all. Is that right? Then tell me how in the world you could one day then make up your mind. Um, I'm going to get saved today. Praise God. Yep. I'm going to church. I'm going to get sanctified. I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. I'm going to join Happy Valley. Yep. Made up my mind. Hey, like that. Just, just like that. I just, I just decided to do that. No, you won't. You might say that, but only God can move on you and bring you to a spot that you think, look at me. What a shape I'm in. What a state I'm in. I need help. And I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go to get it. I, 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 I don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, divinely, he begins to seek and sweep and call and beckon and move. Amen. What is it? The foreordination of God. The foreknowledge of God. A son or daughter. You may look like a nothing but a streetwalker. Message people look at you and say, get away from her. Get away from her. Don't get around that low down thing. God grab a hold of you. Pull you up to an altar. You didn't know how to cry. Didn't know how to pray. Anybody here like that? When you come to God, you didn't know how to even pray. Didn't know what to even say. Didn't know what to even say. Didn't know how to even dress God. Look at the prophet of your age. When God went to dealing with him, said he saw him out in the wilderness, so he said, I thought, I'll write him a letter. You imagine? Brother Branham, our prophet didn't even know how to approach God, so he wrote God a letter, brother Aaron. Dear God. Then he went into the coal shed and he said, well, he's seen, seen a picture of somebody holding their hands like that. So he said he held his hands a certain way. Amen. And he prayed and said, uh, dear, dear sir, um, sir, if you would, he said, ain't that right? I, I don't know how to do it. God, if you're real, please help me. Praise God. What drew him to that coal shed? The foreknowledge of God. Raised a moonshiner son, a bootlegger. He'd have wound up the same way or worse. Come on. Some of you, there ain't no telling what in the world we'd have been tonight if it wasn't for the grace of God. It was in our natural chromosomes. It was in our DNA. It was in the environment we lived in. It was around us everywhere. There ain't even no possibility. Of, there shouldn't even be no odds that you would be standing here tonight shaking your head. Amen to the word. You ought to be as lost as lost could be. 
you ought to be somewhere in the grave somewhere or whatever more. But how is it that you're standing here tonight? Amen in the word saying, praise God, that's me. Amen. I was that sheep. I was that coin. I was that prodigal. That's me, Papa. That's me, Papa. What was it? Grace. Grace. Praise God. Praise God. Let me give you just a preview, just in case you think I'm applying this wrong. I'm going to jump over. Brother Branham tells us, as that prodigal son come, so we each in our own season, as the thoughts of God, as that eternal Logos gave birth, and a bride come out, so we in our season come forth. And as the prodigal son, we were out there lost in the world. And as the prodigal son, we begin to say, Oh, my father, I'm coming back home. Not applying it to a backslider, but applying it to people whose names was on the book of life. This is the lost and found apartment by Rabbi Jesus. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? The things he despised, hated. He wound up doing when he went over to that citizen's place in a far country. He didn't want to work for his daddy. He didn't want no responsibility. He wanted to be free. But he wound up having to do the very things he despised in his daddy's house over here. Don't you know how Satan loves that? When he talks people out of the program of God and then turns them into his own slave. Gets them so bound with drugs and alcohol and sex and addiction to pornography and all types of things. It's like, oh, you have to, oh, yeah, you go over to that church, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. And they tell you, quit this and quit that. You can't have no fun. Then he gets you into doing his stuff. And you're more addicted to that than you ever was to Jesus. But you got to serve somebody. It may be the devil or it may be the Lord. But you're going to have to serve somebody. That's right. They may call you a holy roller. Call you a man follower too. But that's all right with the bride. We're serving Jesus. Aren't you glad we are? You're going to serve somebody. Oh, if you live for the devil... He'll bound you up in sin. He'll take you down to the miry pit and throw you deep within. But you're going to have to serve somebody. I said you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord. But you're going to have to serve somebody. Well, if that's the way it is, I'm going to serve my Jesus. I'm going to serve him all day long. I'm going to give my life, let him fill me with his powers. I go
serve this living God. He walked on this earth for all those years. serve somebody oh I'm a home man you're deceived I do what I want to do nobody does you serve the snake or the dove well when I was a sinner that snake was in my heart he was vile and he was rich he gave me the evil part but one day I served somebody friends it just comes out every now and then <laughs> you see I don't have church entity I am the church with no room for entity I still rejoice in my salvation praise the Lord oh I'm so glad that he helped me make my choice 
that was his choice before my choice. But he helped me to think it was my choice until I was able to grow up in the Word and realize that it wasn't my choice after all. It was his choice, but I thought it was my choice. <laughs> I can see old Moses standing. Come his time to leave. Up upon that mountain Said, oh Lord, I'm on a green I ain't never been this place before I don't know what to do But all of a sudden a big rock pulled up And he said, I'm gonna follow you I gotta serve somebody I was going to be asked tomorrow what'd you do last night I said well I went to church but it wasn't church like usual a pastor he got drunk he was dancing around on the pulpit and they say Lord have mercy what happened he said he kept saying I'm going to serve somebody oh I'm going to give him I can see old Jack Coe as a sinner getting drunk over and over again till one day the Holy Ghost got a hold of Jack wouldn't let go again they said what's the matter with old Jack somebody said don't worry about him Jack is drunk again can see him his soul three days journey where the mortals did not know where his body lay in the tomb there rotten and stinking away but he hears someone speaking 
Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I wish I was by myself about right now. Ooh, I said he hears someone speaking. This said He said, pardon me, boys. I got to serve somebody. I hear him calling my name. <laughs> Glory to God. Aren't you glad he come looking for you? <laughs> Hallelujah. met the Lord and I had went into the army on the buddy plan with several of my friends from high school. We all went in together and got out of the army at the same time and that the Lord found me down in that old building in Jonesburg. I heard that they was up at a certain house and I thought I'd go up and witness to them about Jesus. And I remember walking in and said, where you been, Ward? I said, I, I don't do those things no more. I said, I, I gave my heart to the Lord. I'm serving the Lord now. They started laughing at me. I've always been a kind of an emotional person, and I, I got up and I went out the door and I began to cry. These were what I thought were my friends. They was laughing at me, cat calling me. And 
I got out to the, to the car and I sat down and I just began to cry. I said, Lord, I've lost every friend. And there's a voice spoke to my heart. I said, I'll be your friend. And I, I said that to say this when Brother Donnie was preaching. I never saw them after that until many years later. I found out that one of them had died of a heart attack from drugs. I went down to the funeral home and seen them guys again. And man, they had aged so what sin had done to them but he kept me from that I'm so glad that I served the right one ain't you aren't you glad tonight that we serve the right one who can take our sins and dip them in his bleach never to be remembered against us anymore and we can stand as though we never done it in the first place he can take the slave down off of us bring us back to our rightful position in him what a privilege it is to serve the living God oh, aren't you thankful that I did you enjoy the word of God tonight let's just give the Lord thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, our, our hearts just, just overwhelmed, Lord. We think about your goodness and your mercy and your grace to us, Lord. We want to thank you tonight from the depths of our heart, Lord, that you came looking for me. <laughs> thank you for the word of God. Lord, thank you for the great truth that's been revealed to us in this hour that we're living in, Lord, to restore us back to our rightful position as sons and daughters of God. Lord, may we take these things that we've heard tonight, Lord, May we not just leave them, Lord, in the, in the vest of you, but may we take them with us, Lord. And may we meditate upon them, Lord. May we become a part of what we heard tonight. May that word be made flesh in us, Lord, we pray. Oh, Lord, that our lives could reflect you, Lord Jesus. Bless my brothers and my sisters tonight. Lord, be with us as we travel to our homes, dear God. Bless Brother Donnie, Lord. We just so thank you, dear God, that you... Allowed Brother Donnie to come our way, Lord, to be our pastor. Thank you for that, Lord Jesus. Strengthen my brother, Lord. Bring rest to his body, we pray. Bless each one tonight, Lord, and those that wanted to come and couldn't come, and those that are listening in, may your spirit just minister to them tonight, Lord. May our sick be healed, dear God, and may the weak be made strong, Lord, we pray. And may we rise in the morning, Lord. With this understanding, we're going to serve somebody. Lord, may we give everything we have to you, Lord. As I studied there over the weekend, Lord, and I saw the prophet said that you would use any part of us that we would give you. Our minds, our bodies, our eyes, our hands, and oh, God, may we just give you our all, Lord. 
May you use us, Lord, we pray. Thank you, Father, for the word tonight. Go with your children now, we ask in Jesus' name. And the bride says, Amen. Amen. God bless you, saints. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. Amen. Been good to be in the house of God. Amen. Well, I'm so glad I crossed over the line. I'm so glad I crossed over the line. The line that separates the darkness from the light. I'm so glad I crossed over in time. Well, I'm so